0: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, this is podcast 18-005. My name is Ryan Stevens, I'm here with my buddy Rob Hefley. This is Forged by Fire Bios.
1: A little bit of history about us, uh, I know some of you know, probably one of us, or maybe
0: know both of us, but there's several things you don't know about us. <laughs> that is absolutely true. You know what's funny, we're giving advice, well first Rob, dude, it's good to come back and meet you again, man. I feel like every time we get together, I get to, we get to hang out. We get to rap a little bit. And I wish you'd
1: move to Russellville so you're a little bit closer. Hang out.
0: Dude, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Is it Russellville or what's the actual, what's the city again? Uh, we're actually in Pottsville, Arkansas right now. It's where my office is at. Bing, I dee, dee, live bing, in Russellville. Bing, bing, bing. Oh, man. Don't make fun of this. You're from East Texas. Dude, let me tell you. I, I love Arkansas, man. They're going to have to bury me in Arkansas. It's Bars the, and stars, dude. It's the best place in the world, man. Promised land. Dude, it is, man. This is America. I'm telling you, you know, they said Arkansas is one of the highest gun ownerships. Number and a, two. Dude, all at your point. Alaska's only think like bigger per capita. I'm telling you. It's because of bears. Dude, so this podcast is a little bit different, right? Normally, we're all speaking, uh, tr- trying to help people, trying to level up. But, you know, what's funny is some people don't even know us, right?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think kind of knowing the back. I always like the back stories. You know, you see the Olympics, Super Bowl. I like to know... Hey, why is this person doing what he's doing? You know, what made him? Why was he made like this? And those are the, you know, sometimes I'll be not be their fan until I know the backstory. And I'm like, hey, I like that guy because, you like know.
0: Like Rudy. You remember, like I, Rudy. You tell you new man, Rudy story. Remember the football player, the slow clap? He I feel did.
1: sorry for him. Rudy. I feel sorry for Rudy, dude. Oh, why? man. He did all that work and played uh, like just, just for minuscule minutes, you know?
0: Yeah. But guess what, though? It's the backstory. That's why you like, like Forrest Gump.
1: Oh, yeah, Forrest Gump, though. Forrest Gump, he's amazing.
0: Dude, I'm telling you, once you know the story, so it's kind of cool is uh, we've had some people ask us some questions about us, and uh, we just thought we'd we have a couple questions we'd, we'd ask each other. So Rob kind of wrote a couple down. I got a couple down, and we'll, we'll share them. First one, Rob, well, actually, before we get started, man, dude, you're great corners, man. Where you at? How you feeling? What are you doing? Well, man, um... My
1: wife, as some of you know, is like a Dave Ramsey fan. A fanatic, you know, super fan probably would be the best way. She's So Dave Ramsey for the people who don't know what is Dave Ramsey. A Financial Peace University, um all, you know, all the stuff as far as when I met Jessica, she was I think she was 26 and she'd paid off her student loans, had paid off her car, had bought a house, and never made very much money. Dang, at 26? Yeah. And me on the other hand, I was 29. Ooh. I, Oh, and a nineteen-inch TV I got for graduation. Shots, 19-inch. shot,
0: shots, shots,
1: shot. <laughs> I Like I had a shotgun, <laughs> some clothes, a mattress, box springs, and uh, a couple books. But That's it. And a lot of debt. That's it. You know, so we're definitely polar opposites on that.
0: So she was the sugar mama. Oh yeah,
1: well yeah. She, you know, met. She had a job, and think about it, I was making twice as much money as her. And she, had, I was like didn't didn't really kind of correlate. But I was like, hey live for the moment you know if I had money we are going to all party going to all eat good dude that's it that's the way I live but my wife who uh, I love her to death she kind of indecisive yesterday or actually today we uh, bought a ring or put money down on a ring she lost her wedding ring a year ago and she's been wearing you know a Quelo ring yeah like the workout ring which no woman's ever happy with yeah so yesterday I bought me a 24.95 ring Quelo another one uh, Dude, the
0: Quayla rings are good, man. Yeah. I'm a fan of them too. Well, we went to Sissy's log cabin, and uh, I already know that that just Sissy's log cabin sounds like money.
1: And she uh, picked out a ring she really liked. They're actually going to make her one, but I was excited for her because you know the way she was raised and everything. She always thought about what's the cheapest, what's that, and I was like, hey, what gets you excited? What makes you want to say bling? What sets and, her on fire? Yeah, exactly, and so and she actually uh I like picked out something like that which was awesome and I was excited for her you know got it ordered and paid for and I seen the amount today you know and it's kind of a little
0: breathtaking at a for a minute there but I was like you're like is that really that many zeros <laughs> yes but you know that that's just a rock right you know it's just a polished rock right so
1: but I was I mean I was happy for us you know that's one of those things for me almost people like hey I bought super bowl tickets last year and I really didn't think about The amount at the time and and different things I've always not thinking about, but I was kind of excited for her to have something that's, you know, she's going to have for the rest of her life. Yeah, something significant, right? Um, And it's not just, you know, uh, something for her. It's a big deal. I'm excited for her. It's kind of one of those odd things. I know it's to me listeners, but I was like, hey. You know a year later you found your ring you like and
0: bro that's a win man yeah, it that's is really win.
1: good it's a win for both of us too because we kind of met in the middle on that one you know she's going for something that gets her excited and, good and not getting the cheapest thing there
0: dude sometimes i think that's it right so you you know my wife said something uh, a couple nights ago she said you got to work hard you got to play hard and i know that i've heard it a bunch of times but you're right you know sometimes you want to save 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 we talk about this all the time rob uh it's not even our money we're stewards of the money, you know? So it's good to splurge and, and get out there, man, and get it. Yeah, I
1: mean, that that's, you know, it's fun. I'm excited for her. But, you know, the, that I think just kind of the place where we're at, you know, our relationship's getting better and better. And is excited just to enjoy that, you know, and just be a part of having a fun day, a day date, and eating lunch and hanging out and all that stuff and used to i would probably not say i would like to go ring shopping but it was fun to see her get excited about something
0: dude that's good you know that's good it's good to hear you you know having that good time because you know we're idiots and our wives take care of us you know i mean we're we're very lucky because we're we know how to jack it up so when we have good days like that those are wins we can chalk those up oh, on huge board. win yeah huge win Let's- so what do you think man you want to go down these questions yeah so, do you want me to lead it off for you? Oh, yeah, go okay, ahead. Okay, so here we go. We're just going to, this, uh, this podcast is kind of just some awesome questions, um, kind of share some stories, some up and downs, some funny, some laughs, and just kind of get to know Rob and Ryan um, before we start bringing on guests on the podcast, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, so the first one is, where did you grow up? Well, first, I was born in Russellville, Arkansas.
1: September 11th, 1979. You were born on September 11th? Yes. Dang. I'll celebrate the whole month now. Come on, get it the whole month. And uh, St. Mary's Hospital here. And uh, first five years of my life, Dover, Arkansas. Don't remember much of that. But then we moved to Alerton, uh, Arkansas, rural Arkansas. I mean, uh, where's that at again? Alerton, Arkansas. Is that on the map, bro? No, not really. Newton, okay. County, Newton County was known for, I think, High Times, one the top, top uh, producing counties for a while. Of, uh, well, that's a good way to cannabis. put it on the map. <laughs> you know, really, really good product in the '80s. <laughs> really good product in family, the '80s. Family members got busted. Dang! And, but uh, those, uh, you know, lived up there in the sticks, man. I actually, from kindergarten to fifth grade, I rode a school bus seventeen miles of school, and uh, you know, got on dark, got off, and it was dark. <laughs> Dang! And, and uh, we stayed there until my parents got divorced, and I was and I was in the fifth grade. And, uh, just uh, very rural. Like we had, we go. We'd go to town like once a month. I mean, go grocery shopping once a month, have like two cartfuls of stuff, and had a garden, killed hogs, you know. I mean, all, I mean, like really. Country. Went, like Country. Like real, like country. Yeah. I mean, we eat fried potatoes every day, pinto beans, you know, and stuff out of the garden. We had like a cannon room, and uh, like our land, went to, we lived on two different farms up there. And actually, the first farm we lived on was my grandparents' farm. My dad bought and built the house around and had a hog farm. And we were a farm family year in 1985, 1985 in Newton County, which was, uh, you know, one of those fun things my dad's really still proud of. It's in Rural Arkansas Magazine. I got a copy of it. Do you
0: really? Oh, yeah. Dude, I have I have, lo- to, sh- have that, to show it to you. That's what's really cool, man. When you start to ask these questions, you know, you get around your friends, uh, sometimes when... I get up with a couple, like me and my wife, right? We'll ask you, we'll ask them, how did you guys meet? And it opens this story, and it's really, really cool. I did not know you had a magazine. Oh, yeah. You're, d- d- you're in the magazine. rural Arkansas. Boom. And so, you know, just kind of one of those things, when
1: we, my dad sold the hog farm, sold that farm, bought another farm, but our farm touched National Forest. I mean, that's kind of how Oh, far. that's really cool. So, I mean, we peed off the front porch and the back porch. <laughs> So, you know, I mean, that's how redneck we were, you know. That's, I mean, that's one of my memories from me growing up as a kid. Me and my dad would go pee off the deck. I mean, that sounds like, you know, some of you guys are like, yeah, that's me. You know, I still do it. It's what me and my little boy, dude.
0: Hey, come on, dude. That's bonding. I think eh. there's something about growing up in the country. I think that's why some of, you know, we relate, you know, even though I'm urbanized now, I grew, grew up in the country as well. Yeah,
1: but You know, my favorite story growing up there was my parents were about to get divorced and, if you guys know people are fighting talking we were on a daily a little walk out in front of the um our house our farm you know and uh, we had a blue healer. she ran off in the woods and dude good dog she came out going past us going about 90. well here comes this mama bear pawing at her you know what? like what yeah and my mom you know i was freaking out my dad's like i'm running off and leaving you because i'm about, you know divorce you anyway and i'm on my huffy bicycle going back you and forth you rocked a huffy oh dude. yeah from walmart dude yeah you know, I had my huffy got like, going back and i'm sitting there pumping that sucker like you know like never before and this black bear is coming at my mom going mm-hmm. to us you know and finally the dog goes underneath the fence and the bear stops at the, you know and we get past it but you know as a kid, I. You know, I tell people that story like whatever. I'm like, yeah, it happened. You know, we got we
0: got witnesses. <laughs> you're like, you like true story. Got witnesses. Yeah, yeah. I got it's accomplices. Still got trademarks, You know, <laughs> on the huffy. So <laughs> <That> was. <laughs> did you rock a banana seat? Did I have a banana seat? No, it was. It was, it was, it was probably bit, bright orange. No, I'm every little, huffy was bright I'm, orange.
1: And I'm not that old, but you know, pretty close. It was like a wannabe mongoose. <laughs> yes. Before before Walmart had the mongooses. Yeah. And uh, so that you know that's you know one of those stories I remember that uh, you know just that was crazy stories about living up there man, but it's rule. I mean, uh, people come to hunt, you know, and we had like illegal satellite too, back in the day and people come to our house and watch <laughs> TV. I mean, that's what my, <laughs> my dad won the satellite in a big screen TV. Like, so people would come over and watch the Tyson fights. I watched all the Tyson fights when I was a little kid and watched a lot of stuff I shouldn't have seen. I mean, any, yeah. any Eddie's movie, I've seen it.
0: Yeah. That's and, awesome right there.
1: But you know, that, you know, that's kind of where I grew up there. And my parents got divorced when I was fifth grade and went to school at Dover for a year. And then actually, my mom got remarried and I went to Crowley, Texas, which is outside Fort Worth. And man, talk about culture shock going from like a class of 20 kids to, you know, there was like five elementaries. Dang. And she so uh, went
0: like pretty big city or, yeah,
1: it, yeah, it was outside Fort Worth. Yeah. Suburb. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like, you couldn't pee on the front porch anymore. At least it was illegal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: That's a felony.
1: And so, you know, lived there for about a year and a half and then moved back to school at Dover and, Graduated from Russellville. I mean, not Russell, but graduated from Dover in '97. So, you know, I lived, you know, just uh, got to see kind of really rural Arkansas, which I love. And also got to see some different parts and uh, grew up in a really good small town, you know, Dover, it's like a thousand something people, but uh, Russellville is close 25,000 people. But you could be close to the woods if you wanted to. And uh, some of the things that I really appreciate now growing up that I I didn't really took for granted.
0: You know, I, I tell a lot of people that appreciate the small things because later on in life you're going to realize that those were the big things in your life, right? You know, peeing off the back porch when you were a kid, you probably didn't think like, oh, man, when I you know when I get old, that's going to be a significant memory in my life. But, I mean, now you're like, those were the good old days when life was slow. You know, I could run in the forest. You didn't have to worry about anything, right? You just could chill out, <laughs> pee off the back deck with your
1: dad, you know? What's what You know, one of the things when Jessica started being very successful with Plexus is that we could live anywhere we wanted to live. And I was like, I want to move home.
0: You know, she's like, oh, my gosh. You know?
1: <laughs> and I was like, you know, I feel like the Lord's calling us to move home. And she's like, oh, my gosh. She's you know? like,
0: no, he's not. I just talked to him. It's.
1: I was like, you know, you've only burnt like five million bridges there, you know. And, but I was like that part, man. I wanted to raise my kids around in a good area, good people. And uh, I still, I mean, I feel like this is just a beautiful area. Some people have never been here. You just have to really see it to see, you know, the national forest and the lake. And just there's like a lot of awesome stuff around here.
0: Bro, I agree, man. I, when I moved here from California, I mean, I took my wife from California. She was born and raised in California, moved to Arkansas. As soon as I came here, I found the people were just phenomenal, man. Everybody is so nice. Um, They've got good values. You know, sometimes uh you show you show up here everybody goes to church there's more churches you know down dave ward right in conway there's a church everywhere i mean you can't throw a rock and i hit a head church and uh i just love the people how they are they they take you at face value i remember when i first came down here we we're in a meeting i was sitting next to a guy who makes a million bucks i sent a guy who works a blue collar job making like 40 grand and nobody nobody treated anybody different And I really enjoyed that. It is beautiful. I mean, central Arkansas, you can go anywhere you want. I mean, we can go to, like, the beaches in Florida. We can cruise up north. I mean, we can go to Texas. I mean, it's kind of central, so it's really—I enjoy it, too. They're going to have to bury me. They're going to have to bury me in Arkansas. So what about you, man? Tell me a little about you growing up. Dude, I kind of grew up like you. I grew up in East Texas, a little place called Eustis, Texas. And uh, we had one stoplight. That was, our, that was our big trophy, right? We had one stoplight. Um, my whole family lived on a street, like one street, my whole family. So I couldn't get away with anything. I mean, I'd run down the street, try to do something. I'd get my ass beat by my grandma or something, you know? You just couldn't get away with anything. You know, I, I was kind of like you, where I could run around down the street with no shoes on. You know, I mean, it was no big deal to be in your underwear and just go out and play for hours. Um, I remember we had, uh, only people that was not really our family was the only police officer in town named Haskell cook. And he drove like, you know, like, uh, the old school with the little, you know, uh, cop light on top, you know what I mean? And it was the black and white old school, like something out of a movie. And I remember he would show up and he'd be like, he would say, um, I smell barbecue. And he's like, if I don't get some of that barbecue, I will take somebody to jail. And so we go over there and hook them up. I mean, it was awesome. So I lived there, um, and then my mom met my stepdad and that's where kind of things went sideways and we moved from East Texas to Washington state to California, back to Texas, multiple places throughout um, Washington until I finally settled and joined the Marine Corps in Spokane, Washington. So that was kind of like how I grew up. So I went from a real country, East Texas, awesome i mean some of my fondest memories are a kid is a lot like you is just running around in the pasture and just they had a barn and i would just go out and play in the barn for a while you know and we would they had this pond in the back of my grandma's property we'd go back there and just throw rocks at frogs for hours i mean that those are the good old days you know uh, yeah
1: I, was, I mean those things that i always my kids now it's funny i take judson we have a creek in the house we bought in russellville i wanted to be close to water it's like a little creek, you know. We go back there, me and him will go back there and wait in it and play in it, yeah, because I wanted him to have that, uh, just that part of you know, just fun. And he, uh, he'll sit there out, and, and I, I think I like it more than he does. And even like with our pool, we just built, I have like a. I don't have a diving board. I got a jump rock. Like you do real,
0: have a jump rock. <laughs> your pull is super cool. But
1: it's like redneck, you know, like was yeah. like, what is that?
0: You're like, don't judge me. It's yeah. a rock. You know, I'm yeah. going to jump off the rock.
1: But, you know, all those things, you know, are for like kids, you know, sit there. It's just kind of a cool, and I think no matter how hard your childhood was, there's all these things. It's comfortable. But you can go back to like yeah, you know just you, for instance that rock you know it reminds me of where i grew up and the rock i jumped off of the kid in the creek
0: yeah even at the bad times you can go back and look at things that were awesome you know like think about those positive times even though in the negative times as well you're right man that kind of brings us into the next question question for you rob is uh where's a place uh that you would like to share with your friends if you could have one place that they could experience or see or you could take them wh- what would it be bro
1: Oh, man and I would have to say uh, Musha Key, uh David Copperfield's Islands I went to last year my wife won a trip and uh, kind of first was like oh I know big deal but then we flew in a private jet from Miami and I felt like you know You felt like a boss Oh I did felt like a boss I was taking pictures on the phone like what's up had, you know the Wall Street Journal here I had this Gordon gecko and I was sitting there you know, got there and then we like got in a little van went to this place and they put us in this boat. And, man, we pull up on the boat, pulls up on the beach, and there's somebody holding drinks on a platter waiting for us. I'm like, man, this is the
0: place. From somebody from somebody who grew up in Arkansas peeing off a back porch, you're now on David Copperfield's island in the middle of nowhere, and somebody's serving you drinks on a platter.
1: Uh, what's even more awesome,
0: I'm on this boat with a boonie hat on, redneck, full redneck, you know. Rob, that's why I love you, dude. It's just, hey, keeping it, that's the that's authenticity right there. It's just, hey, we ain't changing. Oh, no.
1: But, uh, you know, sitting there and we get there and they're like, you know, I'm like, where's the food at? And it's like up here. And it's like whole like dined out, laid out. I was like, man, this is amazing. And uh, we get to, in this place, is, he, David Copperfield, look it up. He owns 11 islands. And, man, it was like a week of ecstasy. Like our house had its own pier out to the ocean. You can go jump
0: off into that. What was the coolest part? I mean, what, what would you say was the staple? Oh, man. Uh, what what blew
1: your mind? It was just all of the details. Like, every day the laundry would be done, or I'd put out and be folded, and I never saw them. They're like ninjas. They would take the golf carts and, like, clean them out and have the new cold drinks and park reverse back in there. i never seen like, there's 31 people that worked on the island. Like I could like move left and somebody's like, what do you need? You know, or move right. And there's also, there's a button in room, like anything you want button and pretty much show up. It's not illegal or immoral. And Wow. And just also like all the little hidden passageways because David Copperfield's a magician. Like I went out and <laughs> looking for those things and a couple of times people were like, what are you doing? You know, kind of like, and like had underground little things. Man, but just in our, in our, we had, we got to actually stay in the house that David Copperfield stayed in, me and Jessica with this other couple. And man, it had an outdoor bed and outdoor shower and outdoor tub. And man, just, that was just amazing. And I marked my territory everywhere, put it, it's about the best way to put it.
0: Uh, there you go. It's trampoline. Never, I mean, yeah. it's all marked, you know. Dude, so um, uh, how, how do you spell it? M U S H A. And it's C-A-Y,
1: miss Musha Key. And, but just, like, put that in there, man. It's, like, it's crazy, crazy over the top. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm a – i am I mean, they had jet skis if you want to go jet skiing. I mean, all this stuff was just out there waiting for you to do whatever. And I was, you know, still blown away. I mean, they had an ice cream truck on the island with people wearing little bow ties that brought ice cream to us one day.
0: Dude, how cool would it be if you could take five of your closest buddies – and fly out there for like a weekend or a week. Oh, that's I mean that's that's one, a life goal.
1: That's one is it is one actually one of me and Jessica's goals to take someday. But you know, like we looked, I think it's fifty six thousand dollars a day for twenty four people.
0: Okay, I just passed out. <laughs> hey, man, big big dreams, big dreams. Come on, you gotta have big dreams, man.
1: Goals. <laughs> but I, but Sharon, I mean something like that because I would never thought in a million years I would be somewhere in the Bahamas like that. So no, rural Arkansas. Yeah. You know and pictures don't do it justice it's kind of the, the whole experience
0: yeah that's cool man that's super cool so what about you man what is a place you wish you could share with friends so mine's kind of on a different perspective you know perspective yours is uh kind of like the high end mine I would like to take people that I know and take them to war-torn countries you know I'd like to take them to like Iraq Afghanistan you know and let them really see like South Iraq where people live in mud huts. And they have to go get water out of buckets and they drive, you know, you have to get on a donkey cart, you know, it's like your car and cruise to a local market and then barter for food or, you know, have a little bit of money, dinar, they call it Iraq and, and share, you know, and buy things. I would love to take people there because in return, you would get a better perspective I think what happens is now, you know, I stand in Walmart and I hear a lady complaining about how the long is, you know, the lines long. Or fly in a local, I mean, fly in a commercial airplane. You know, I fly a lot from work. You know, I travel and I teach all over the United States, and stand in an airport and just listen to people talk. They're about to get on a commercial jet to fly across a continent, right? To fly across the United States. And they're griping about peanuts and soda and just and dude, so I've entitled, man, I need my legroom. You, need need, you don't class. need glass. I need my
1: quilt. I need my pillow. You know, that's a vibe,
0: <laughs> dude. Here okay, so here's something that we shared, right? Is one is I, I want. When we say I want is a vice, dude. Right? Want could be a lust, right? Could be something. So when we say I want, that's a problem. You know, we we got to kind of control that. It's OK to have goals. But when you start to say I want another one is the D word, you know, that's like a cuss word. We talked about that before. When I hear somebody say I deserve that, I just want to choke them. you know, because it's not true. The whole deserve. And the last is I can handle that. When I say I can handle that, you know, you're starting to do it on your own. But those three, that's kind of the thing. So mine's kind of different. Yours was kind of high end. Mine would be to change people's perspective. Not to not to make them suffer, but just to travel there and observe I mean, how I, things can be rough. I totally agree. I mean, I, I think
1: I wish and I need to probably go on a mission trips every year just because, I mean, every time I go to a country that has way less, it, it just kind of changes perspective about the whole thing, about what I need, what mm-hmm. I want, you know.
0: Brother, we are rich right now. We are so rich. I mean, if you've got change in your pocket, if you have running water that you can drink, if you've got a vehicle, I mean, you are rich. The poorest person, like in America, I mean, you could go places where they are rich compared to what the norm of life is. And so, I mean, even though it was kind of sad to see and it was hard to be a part of that dude it gave me such a perspective because people always like ryan you're so optimistic you're so positive you never everybody says uh hey ryan how's your day you say dude i'm living the dream you know what i mean so that would be mine um next question rob what was your worst job for me yeah for me oh dude I worked at McDonald's, man. Mickey D's. Come on, don't judge me. Don't judge me. I'm being He's still authentic. in fries, right? I'm still in fries, you know. Dude, I'm not going to lie. I was a fat kid before I joined. I'm, I'm still fat. I still like donuts. I'm not going to get it twisted as Double much as I... If I didn't PT, I would be 400 pounds. I'm just... Dude, I have a strong inner fat kid. But the worst job I ever worked was McDonald's, man. I mean, I worked other jobs, but that one was just... the. <laughs> The environment sucked. Everybody was upset. I mean, dude, I almost got beat up over ketchup one time. Like, hey, true, yeah, true ketchup. story, dude. True story, man. The guy was uh, sitting there at a table and, uh, you know, he was like, hey, man, I need ketchup for my wife's burger or whatever. And I was mm-hmm. like, hey, man, I'm sorry. We're out of ketchup. The truck's coming in. And he looked at me like I cussed at him or something, you know, like I insulted his wife. And I, he said, get me the ketchup. I was like, dude, this guy's getting serious. And then dude, he jumped up and this dude, ch- I'm not okay. Now here, I'm going to be honest, dude. I ran and hid behind our manager. Dude, he saved me. Stop. Stop. Okay. First of all,
1: everybody knows Brian Stevens. I just like picture you running
0: behind. dude. I, I don't I, see d- you ever running from anything, but you know, like, dude, I was running from a guy who was pissed because of ketchup. But anyways, like it was super, super high stress, man. Uh, At the time, you know, I wasn't mentally tough. You know, I was just, uh, you know, I had really experienced, I mean, I experienced adversity on a different level. But, dude, that job was horrible, man. I just, I mean, I think, first of all, thank you for your
1: time you served at mcdonald's because i think you <laughs> shut your mouth rob Heffley. I, I spent a lot of money there <laughs> i got a large investment what about in your life. what
0: was i mean i worked at an aluminum plant that was a pretty rugged job i worked there for a while but man. um what was your what's your worst job i've had about nine million jobs so
1: you know i'm sitting here thinking they're running tell, through my tell head me one man i just uh i think the worst job
0: was the one time I danced for money?
1: <laughs> hey man, I'm good at that. Everybody's got to be good at something, you know. <laughs> so what? I didn't what, make much money though, you know. Yeah, like throwing, yeah. throwing quarters at me really doesn't count.
0: Get off the stage. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, but uh, sitting there, just I think you know, man, I had this memory uh, one summer, man. Uh, this girl that was just I, uh, I moved to my dad's house. And you guys know the story about my dad, man. He's a hardest still. He's like 72 years old, still goes to work every day. I mean. He's workaholic, but there was this girl. I moved up there because I was dating, so I lived with my dad. You know the things you do for women. You know, nineteen years old. Well, my dad though he at the time he was building a convenience store, farm, lots of cows. You know all that stuff. What happened was as his slave. You know, is pretty much all my brothers kind of experienced it, but I kind of got past it because my dad and parents got divorced. But I decided I wanted to live with him to pursue this woman. And, uh, well, horrible I, idea. Yeah. Horrible idea. But you know, man, love is blind and love is ignorant and all those things above. And what happened was my, uh, my dad would like loan me out to his friends too. I'd do his work, <laughs> you know, then they'd do the work and, and I'd hauled hay most of my life. No big deal. But one of his buddies decided to, to bail like a ton of hay. And I don't know if you've ever called hay before. Yeah, dude. But 1500 bells in two days. And I had a crew quit on me. I never remember the second day, the night, that night, I woke up cramping so bad. You were like, F my my life. My fingers, you know, I look like, I look like uh, that dude off (laughs) the Hunchback of Notre Dame. I was like, (laughs) just completely, and uh, man, that's just, you know, sitting there for my dad. I set myself up for that, because I knew, you know, those things, and his expectations were unbelievable always, and you know, then I had his friends, hey, like, you know, come Come work, you know, a little extra. And that's one thing about, you know, you work hard, you're always going to have have a job. <laughs>
0: dude, you know, that's the thing, man. And, you know, looking back on it, Rob, is you can always go find it. You can always go get a job, man. You know, it's just sometimes you got to set the ego aside. If you have to provide for your family, th- dude, no doubt right now, I would go back to McDonald's right now. Probably be a lot better, right? Because I'm, I'm mentally tough, I'd probably handle it, dude. But, um, you can always go get a job to provide for your family.
1: Always, I mean, I think that's a lot of pride. Uh, definitely some funny stuff there. Um, what's the best advice somebody's ever gave you, Ryan?
0: Mm. I think this. I think I told this on when I was on a Black Dude White Dude podcast. When I was on a guest on their podcast, I talked about a guy named Renee Buraza. Uh, dude, the guy was a stud. He's a monster of a man. Kind of a mentor to me and I remember showing up to my unit and this guy was a savage. He was a Marine Corps martial arts instructor trainer and back in the day, those were very rare. He was probably like one of 10 and he was just, he, he is a beast, Hispanic dude. And he would just beat us up as troops and he was real physical. And I wanted, to, I wanted to beat him. So I would train, 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 train. Uh, and I started doing MMA. And I really wanted to beat this guy just to show kind of the validation that we talked about in prior podcasts. And I finally caught him. And I uh, held the submission a little bit longer than I should. I wanted him to know that I got him. Kind of an ego thing. And this guy was the best advice ever. He looked at me and he said, I'll stab you in the parking lot. What did he, he said, <laughs> he said, I will stab you in the parking lot because I was bragging, right? I said, yeah, I beat you. He was like, I'll stab." with do with this stoic face. I still remember to this day. I mean, this how much of an impact this advice was. I mean, I'll get to it. The advice wasn't I'll stab you in the parking lot. But he looked at me and he said, I will stab you in the parking lot. And I looked at him. I didn't get it. He said, Ryan, you're bragging about one spectrum of the uh, of being a warrior. You're bragging about jujitsu. He said, You've trained so hard on one spectrum. He said, I'm a warrior. He said, I've dedicated my life to this. He said, I can train. I've trained bolt gun. I've trained AR. I punch, take down. I've trained my body physically. I can hold you down. I can punch you. He said, The spectrum of violence is very wide. You're bragging about one sliver. He said, He said this right here. He told me he said, if you want to be a fighter, train jujitsu. And never talk crap. He said if you want to be a warrior, you train the entire spectrum. And you have to remain, pretty much he, in lamest terms, you have to remain humble. So the advice he gave me is don't talk crap. You're never really good enough. You're never going to be, I mean, think about it. If I was going to be good across the whole entire spectrum, how much would I have to train? And it taught me humility, right? He taught me humility. I thought I was good at something. And he said, I'll stab you in the parking lot. So it changed my whole philosophy and how I train. It changed my whole philosophy and everything. So what about you, dude? What's the best advice you could give somebody or or is given to you that changed you based on advice or what they said?
1: Man, this is really, really a hard, hard hard I was sitting there, I've been trying to think about this, you know, just we were talking about the questions. And I think one of the best things was uh there's a guy here in town uh owned several businesses at different times, multimillionaire. He told me to move off and make your own. And, you know, at the time I was like, what? You know,
0: didn't, didn't understand it at the time. Sometimes the simplest thing is the most impactful.
1: Yeah, but, you know, looking back at some of the best advice I ever had, it was to move off and see actually how much I love being here and the things and coming back successful is way different. And you know... Then and just being that and I'll never forget that, you know, just sit there. I remember I remember we're sitting at when he told me his Sonic. uh And it's kind of weird, too, because we I don't know that day we met and uh he's a guy that just, just always invested in me. But that's just kind of simple. He's like, you know, move off, make your own, come back if you want to someday. He's like, you can always you can always come back. You can always
0: come back home. So the advice was uh, to go out and kind of self self-analyze. And find out what's the best for you, right? Yeah, so, just, it really, so it really, so so let it go. Yeah, let it go and see if you love it. And if you do love it, go back and grab it. Yeah, or just you know go out and see. You know, there's more to the world than just small town you're from. Boom, that's good. Next one, dude. You know, tell me a boot camp story, Rob Hefley. A lot, like I said, a lot of my a lot of people don't know you're you're in military. Man,
1: I, I was. You know, like I said I was since Rambo First Blood came out in 1982. Man. I wanted to join the army, Dude, bazookas uh, that, and k bars. Oh yeah, man. I sit there, but I think about the story. Uh, I joined, man. I went to basic training. When I was seventeen years old, which you know I was green as a gourd. And I'll never forget my 18th birthday, man. I had KP duty. I had pots and pans, which I, if you guys don't know, KP duty is kitchen duty, and uh, when they would get you up like three o'clock, cause you have to go cook for everybody that's going, you know, out for whatever they're doing yep. for a for whole battalion. So I'm up there scrubbing my pot, my birthday, my 18th birthday. I'm just boot camp. Yeah, scrubbing pots and pans, you know, at three o'clock in the morning. I was like, this is great, you know, all day long, man, you know,
0: hammering away. Oh, they don't care. It's your birthday. I know. No, no, they don't care. Welcome to (laughs) Uncle Sam's misguided children.
1: 3 a.m., you know, then it's like 8 p.m., you know, sitting there rolling around, getting back to the barracks. And uh, I'll never forget my drill sergeant, man, Sergeant Fox. This dude was like, just perfect haircut, perfect clothes, you know, perfect BDUs all the time, no matter if it's raining or whatever, you know, yep, perfect starch. Yep. And just, and, and he sit there, he's like, looked at me and he's like, is it your birthday today? And I'm like, yes, Joe Sergeant. You know, he's like, come here. And I'm like, man, I'm not good. This getting... is not going to be good. Oh, I was like, great. You know, I walk in his office and there's this box. I mean like a, four foot by two foot by two foot box on his um, table and I'm like uh dear you know my mom like sent enough cookies for the whole freaking three platoons there half the battalion could probably you know cook you know and I'm sitting there he's
0: like you're gonna eat them all and
1: that's what I was thinking you know I'm like
0: and I was will like, die by cookies but I had
1: no sugar like you know in, you know in three or four weeks so I was like you know I had a couple and been okay but uh he's sitting there and he starts eating and I'm like man that looks good He's like, hey, come here. And he's like, put your feet on my desk and start pushing. Like doing inverted push ups. You know, I'm like I'm like, Okay. You know, I'm sitting there and start pushing and he's like, Man, these cookies are pretty good.
0: You know, sitting so there. So he was eating your yeah. birthday cookies my birth- of, while you're pushing. <laughs> and I'm sitting there. Welcome and, to the dojo. Yeah,
1: exactly. And I'm sitting there, and he's reading my birthday cards to me, and there's like forty of them.
0: You know what's really funny about this is I can picture that, like him just kind of lounging back, like an a-hole <laughs> eating the <a> cookies <laughs> while you're pushing, reading your card like all <laughs> oh, nonchalant.
1: Oh yeah, I just think it's funny. You know, sitting there laughing at me, and he's like, he's like, do you? Uh, he's like, do you want one of these cookies? And I was like, uh, I'm going to be honest, as an on- Drill sergeant, you know, I'd say honestly, drill sergeant, yes, he's like too bad, <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I'm like, oh yeah, man, too bad. he's like keep pushing, and he sit there forever, dude, that's hilarious. You know, he's like, and some kids like it made like video, you know stuff, and what's funny, uh, I called my mom. You know, I got in a letter to her and she got it after she'd already sent this. Like, do
0: not send anything for my don't birthday ever <laughs> again. Don't send me every anything ever again in boot camp.
1: And so it's like the, that part, you know, my 18th birthday. But it was like one of those things that, you know, hey, you are no better than the next person on your birthday.
0: You're you know, you're
1: you're just another you're person. All,
0: you're all equally worthless. That's what I learned about the Marine Corps, like the first two days. And I
1: mean, I was so skinny too, man. I I look like I came out of uh I mean I like weighed a buck eighty five.
0: When you went in? What how much yeah. you weigh when you went in?
1: I, I weighed like right at one eighty five. And, and I'm, you know, when you six, left, how much did you weigh? Um, basic I was about one ninety. I got up to like to two. You gain weight? Yeah, I got about two oh five. I mean, I ate I ate probably like six thousand calories a day. I do would, they do like double rations where you can eat two meals if you're skinny? No. I need I mean, I needed to. It was weird. My max weight was like two fourteen, which I was like man that is so lean if I weighed 214 I would look like a cancer patient yep and uh, but I mean you can see my collarbones and you know just like my face was sunken in but I was just the way uh, you know the Army's got that weird you know you weigh this much and we tape you kind of deal
0: yeah Marine Corps is the same
1: so, I mean, it's one of those things that, man, I always never forget my birthday. My 18th birthday was definitely...
0: Pushing cookie, pushing <laughs> while he ate your cookies with his feet yeah. up, reading your mom's card. Dude, that's hilarious. You know, like
1: prune hands from washing pots and pans for 18 hours.
0: Yeah, no, you're not going to get cookies. Continue to push. They don't tell you about k Duty Duty before you join them. recruiter never oh, tells dude, you that. One. they didn't tell me anything about boot camp. Oh, it's going to be great, this and that, you know? What about you, man? What is one of your boot camp stories? Oh, man, I showed up to boot camp. Uh, I joined six days after September 11th. I was kind of in the debt program. I was kind of thinking about going. When the towers hit, I was like, I had this passion. I was like, let's go get it. So I was out of shape, too. I mean, so I mean, I didn't think, you know, as a civilian, I'm like, oh, I'm not fat. You know, I'm a little overweight. I'm slightly fluffy, right?
1: We lie to ourselves
0: all the time. Yeah, I'm lying to myself. Yeah, we show up. And right out the get-go, right, so they shave my head, I sound like they're yelling, and I'm like, okay, the yelling's not a big deal. And then all of a sudden, all the recruits are starting to get these numbers, right, on their shirts, these greens. You put them with polish, and they put the stencils on. And mine's got two, like an equal sign. I got a line up top and a line on bottom. And I'm looking around, and there's only like two other kids, and, and we're the bigger kids. So I'm looking around, and I didn't know what these lines were, right? And so I, ask, and I, I asked a drone, you know, and we can't say I in boot camp. You can't say I right? You have to say, this recruit. I said, hey, this, you know, John started. this recruit's got a question. He's like, what? And I'm like, uh, you, the lines, he's like, it's it's because you're fat. He's like, if you don't lose weight within this much time, you're going to go to PCP, which is pork chop platoon. And I was like, oh, oh my goodness, right? So I ended up, uh, funny story, man, we go to, the, I tell this to my wife, and she, she dies last, but uh, we went to the chow hall, and in Marine Corps boot camp, you can't talk in the chow hall you just can't right so i'm walking through and i can't have uh at the time i they used to joke with me they're like ryan if you you know they call me you know recruit steven if you fall off the pull-up bar and crack your leg open gravy will fall over all over my pt field you know they were they were hustling me and i went through the line and they put mashed potatoes and i knew i couldn't have mashed potatoes so i get the end you have to report to your drill instructor And I see him stick his finger in my plate, bro. And he runs the mashed potatoes through everything. And he goes, Stevens. Like all evil stevens are we allowed to have mashed potatoes and i'm like no sir he's like louder i'm like no sir he's like then go get new food so i bounce out go back in the line right they serve me new food soon as i sit down this is like my first time right with my platoon so i don't know the rules you know i'm starting to learn the process soon as i sit down everybody gets up dude i didn't eat for like three days dude dude i ended up losing i graduated boot camp i think like 175 Showed up at like 220. Dude, and I left like 175, 185. I was twisted, and sex appeal, Rob Hefley. <laughs> yeah. Pull-ups were a lot easier, I'm sure, at 170. Oh, dude, they smoked. Uh, man, boot camp was awesome. I think it, it wasn't one of the hardest things I ever went through. I went through when I was older. I think I joined the Marine Corps when I was 20, I think. I think I was 20, maybe 19 or 20. I think I was 20. Because when I got to my field, I was 21. I could drink in the barracks pissed a lot of people off but the marine corps boot camp wasn't that hard for me because of how i grew up people were yelling and people would freak out i was older already so it wasn't really that but it was the games they'd make you drink water tons of water and they wouldn't let you go to the bathroom so grown men would pee on themselves right so it's kind of the mental games but other than that it wasn't that bad i you know it's kind of cool you're like i got three square meals a day that was all i needed no dude boot camp was boot camp was legit it was like it was almost like parenting. And fast forward, you know how you could turn a VHS and watch the movie quickly? Was, That's what was like parenting for me. Like I learned a lot of life lessons in there. So uh, one thing, uh, Rob, next question real quick. What's one thing you want to accomplish before you die? Man, there's uh, several things on that list.
1: I think uh, I want to uh, climb a significant mountain with my family.
0: With your whole family, like yeah. kids and everything? Yeah.
1: I mean, when they're a little bit bigger. There's like, and it's not, I mean, there's one, uh, Africa, Mount Kilimanjaro. It's actually like a expedition. And you can do it with your family? Yeah. But you have, you have like actual dudes that come pack with you and you're doing more of the walking. They're carrying your stuff, kind of. So, uh, so, like, glamping for climbing. Kind, kind of like that. But, you know, that way I want, uh, I just think it'd be a cool experience, you know, something a little bit tough for the whole family to experience. I think, you could, I think you can kind of make it as hard as you want to. And that's kind of, that's one of the things on my bucket list for sure. And not, cause I'd like to see, I don't know, my kids are definitely older where they could do it themselves. and
0: That's kind of cool. I think, you know, one thing would be cool too, Rob, is we talk about rite a passage. That would be a cool podcast. That's kind of for your boy, right? You know, oh, yeah. climb some hard mountain where he really has to put out, some effort and and kind of watch him change, you know, watch him say, Hey dude, you earned it. I think that's one thing that's missing. That's cool, man. That's Yeah, definitely. What about you? Uh, one thing that I want to accomplish before I die, I think I want to write a book, man, two things. I would like to write a martial arts book. I've dedicated a lot of my life to martial arts, you know, jujitsu, Japanese jujitsu, pancreation, Marine Corps, martial arts, army combatives. Um, so just I think I would like to write like a martial arts publication but I'd also like to write a book are you going to use that
1: special forces book as one of your guides that I bought you
0: Oh yeah, dude. Rob's a man. <laughs> Rob ended up, I don't know where he got it. He shows up in my house one day and he's like, he shows me like a 1971 special for. it It's got a dragon on the front. You know what I mean? I open it up and it's like some guy not wearing a shirt with like a K bar doing push kicks. I was like, where did you find this? He was like, yeah, it's a, I can't tell you I'd have to kill you.
1: Oh man. That's one of those things. I mean, writing a book, definitely a huge deal. Uh, Next thing, what's the coolest thing that you've ever done?
0: The coolest thing I've ever done, I think, would I'd have to go back to riding a KLR 650 in Iraq. Man, I was so fortunate. Uh, before we pumped out to Iraq, uh, one of my staff sergeants, or it might have been a gunny, if if my memory's right, he asked. He said, uh, "Can I get a volunteer?" And I raised my hand, and he was like, "Have you ever rode dirt bikes?" Your dirt bag, or something like that. And I was like, Yeah, I used to ride them before I joined the Marine Corps. And he said, Okay, you're going to combat motorcycle operator course in Del Mar, Camp, you know, uh, Del Mar Beach on Camp Pendleton. And I showed up to a dirt bike course, man, and it was a high attrition rate. I ended up graduating, got issued a, I think it was an M1031B or something like that. It was, It's a Marine Corps issue KLR 650 dirt bike. And I ended up riding in Iraq, man. I rode on some of the dangerous roads. I rode it on Route Mobile and Route Tampa. So some pretty dangerous roads. I rode dirt bikes along with some just freaking heroes that rode with me. Got one of one of my really good buddies out of Texas, PJ Craddiville. And, uh... Man, I just got to experience some really cool things. We wrote it uh, blackout with MVGs, which is pretty cool. My son, every time he sees the photo, he still calls me GI Joe, man. So it's probably the coolest thing for me. GI Joe. Mm-hmm.
1: And also, right now, if you guys have noticed if you follow us on uh, Instagram or Facebook, you know, it's forged by Dot Fire and just forged by Fire on Facebook. We started a project, uh, Project Resurrection. Uh, I found a. KLR, uh, one of our friends had it and we actually got it cleaned up and, uh, found, so we're going to paint it.
0: Dude, I am so thankful for that, Rob. Like I remember, I can't tell you how much that means to me. It's almost like, um, it's one of the worst times of my life. Right. But also like I was saying, one of the coolest parts of my life where my son calls me GI Joe because of that picture, uh, from Iraq. So, Man, I'm excited about that project and see what the end product is. Yep. This week we got it cleaned up and all the stickers
1: off of it. It's actually at the Kawasaki shop getting some seals put in, a couple of things. Cause, and uh, hopefully soon you guys see some pictures of that coming up. I'm excited to see Ryan on it. Uh, one of my guys in the shop had it out here. He, he wrote a willy out on it. So it, Did he really? He just oh yeah. to check it out? Oh, yeah. yeah Man, yeah.
0: I tell you, I'm super excited about that thing, especially when it gets back to OD Green, like the old school OD Green. What about you, dude? What's the coolest thing you have ever done?
1: Man, this is a hard one for me, you know? Like, uh... I think, you know... The coolest. uh, The coolest thing you've
0: ever done. Besides staying at, you know, David Copperfield's (sighs) Island, you know what I mean? Besides that.
1: I think, man, last year, um... Me and Jessica did a flight over Maui, like a helicopter flight. It was open door. And, uh it was just like, this guy had this music playing, you know, you could sit there and had headphones, but he yep. went over the island, man, on the, the North shore up this waterfall. And we were like really close. And I actually wouldn't crash there the year before, you know, was sitting there, but this dude was so calm. And I was like, I would let him flow me anywhere. I was like, this guy had just like nervous steel. He slowly just kind of, you know, just started going up, 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 you know, and it's like, and Jessica's freaking out, man, I'm holding on to her. And, uh, I sit there just, uh, I couldn't believe, you know, all that. Um, but that's, you know, definitely seeing that in Maui. Uh,
0: was It was just super cool, to view yeah. and everything?
1: I actually got, I got a video. I have to share it with you, man. And then the music, too. Like You know, man, he had these songs. Was it there. the
0: Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins?
1: No, nah, man, I like Danger Zone, dude. I had that soundtrack. That's Top, the Gun, jam. Top Gun soundtrack. <laughs> had that poster, too, on my wall when I was a kid. Dude, you got
0: him, man. I think everybody had it.
1: Yeah. No, next question, man. Uh recommend one thing that could change someone's life. What would you one thing you could tell somebody to change? Normally
0: the questions don't really bother me, but man, that one's good. I think the number one thing that a listener can do to change their life is positive thinking. To go from if I can recommend anything to anybody is stop immediately and change your mindset to positive thinking stop talking bad about yourself stop talking bad about others stop putting yourself down dude change your positive change to a positive mindset when people i see it all the time i talk to people and i say hey how's it going today man it's just another day another five dollars man i can't wait till friday do they ask me dude I'm like living the dream baby, you know what I mean? Like every time I'm like I'm having a fantastic day. It's it's positive mindset. You know, you negativity will never get you a positive day. You know? Oh, yeah. So mm. I would recommend if to to for someone if they wanted one thing that can make a significant impact on their life today is positive mindset. What about you, dude?
1: Um Kind of just kind of was tagging on that, you know. Write your goals down, and uh, write your action plan down, and put dates on them. Like what you want to do, and what when you want to have it done by. I just think you, that's so huge about getting stuff execution, and because uh, if you if you do that, you know, you have this stuff that you know kind of drives you, and there's some accountability. But also after you do that, share it with somebody that's going to
0: hold you, hold you to it. That's good, man. I like that. I think that you're right, man. Positive mindset and goals. You know what? I used to not believe in goals, Rob. You know, I just, I I thought it was some hokey thing. You know, if I can think about it, why would I need to write it down? But I think with life, we, we call it the vortex of violence, the vortex of violence. When things start to turn in a fight, things start to become unpredictable. It's the same in life. When you start to get busy and things churn, your goals start to slip away. Oh right?
1: you, yeah. You don't know the direction you're going. It's just like, you, you can sit there and wind up, you, you just kind of wander around. It's where the tide takes you. And it's like, Hey, I might be swimming with the tide and I might be swimming against it. If I don't know where I'm going, that's the part, you know, you can't just go with it. I think that's, it's an important thing. And, and that, and even kind of tagging on that, you know, what, what's, what's the most impactful book, uh, for you? I think besides one, the Bible.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. Um, One of the best books for me is Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. I mean, that's a solid book. I mean, there's a lot of good takeaways from that. I challenge our listeners to read it. If you don't like reading, get it on an audio book. Listen to it when you commute. One of the best things that Jim Rohn says, R-O-H-N, last name, Jim Rohn says, is turn your vehicle into a mobile library, you know? As most people read books, if you can just if you commute forty five minutes, just think about that. You can do three books, you know, a month, dude. You can consume some knowledge. You know, they say today's readers are tomorrow's leaders. So yeah, my book is gonna be Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. What about you, dude? Man, I'm just holding
1: my hand here. I'd have to say there's a couple books, but Wild at Heart, uh, John Eldridge. If you guys ever read that, I think every man should read it. Um, and just, I mean, just the part, you know, having the battle to fight, you know, having a life battle, you know, a beauty to rescue and adventure to live, man, that's a big part. And he also is a big about Banded brothers, our last uh, podcast. He's huge on that, but anything in John Elder is good stuff. But, you know, Wild at heart, uh, it's just, uh, it kind of opens up, Hey, that, you know, we're not supposed to be weak We God made us to be more than we have, you know, and really just opened up a lot of thoughts. And, uh, I think it's helped me become more of a man, a better man, you know, And just, you know, read that. And I bought this book for several people. It's it's definitely probably my favorite.
0: Dude, I think it changed me too, man. Rob, I mean, the Man Expedition changed me as a man. You know, it came out there and it's almost like you have rally points in your life now where you can look like, what am I doing? And then what time, what, what things you can think about too is when life gets real rough, you say, instead of saying, oh man, life is so bad, it's got me down. You can say, dude, this is an adventure. And an adventure like Indiana Jones, there's times when he's kissing the girl and there's times where he's almost getting eaten by an alligator or getting beat up by some Arabian dude with a sword, you know, I had to shoot him. So there's ups and downs. You start to appreciate the adventure in life and chasing your beauty, which is your wife being dedicated to her. Right. So I, I really, really enjoy that book. I challenge people to read it too. Um, next question It's kind of one of those ones. Uh,
1: I, uh, it, I'm excited about this question. <laughs> uh, uh, I guess who who do you who do you who would play you if you're playing your movie? And if you're,
0: How about this? How about who do you think I would play? This is going to be funny. Who do you think I would be? Definitely Bruce Willis, the diehard Bruce Willis. Are yeah. you serious? Like the old old oh, old school Yippee
1: Ki Oh, dude!
0: I di- yeah, dude! I dig it, man. He was a. Uh, that was one of my favorite movies back in the day. Right, sliding across the glass with an MP5, barefoot. Yeah. Dude, that was a gangster movie. Oh, yeah, yeah he, he
1: definitely Bruce Willis. That's when he's manly. Dude, a movie that you. Hmm. Or a person. You know, who would play your, I would, to play your bio? Your, I
0: would say um, the male model version of you would be Jax model. Teller from uh, Sons, Sons of Anarchy right there. That's uh, that's the male version. Charlie, ver-
1: Charlie Hummin, yeah. He's, he, he's he's attractive man. Looks, dude, that's you, man. It kind of looks like me. Yeah, it, I'm like a little bit the, more manly. I got more testosterone probably
0: flowing through my. I'm just saying though, that's the male model yeah. version,
1: probably. I was like, you know the, you know, like it's funny. I get that one is like my skinny version of myself. Then there's, you know, the the Brock Lesnar is the is the fat
0: version. Hey, the, you know the two extremes. That's it, man. Uh, I think probably the last question. Let's do this one. Um, who's the coolest person you've ever met?
1: Oh man, uh, there's a few of them, but I'd have to say last November. I snuck backstage with my wife and Courtney Leach, and we met Garth Brooks. And the guy took Tom and asked me where I was from, asked me my name, and took a picture with me. And he won Entertainer of the Year that night. And I was like, I was already a big fan. You know, even if you guys seen my post about my wife having, you know old woman hands and I was like you know hands of hands of leather but I always joke you're so gonna get in trouble for <laughs> oh, that. but tap out halfway <laughs> <Hefley>. tap out <laughs> but I love you know Garth Brooks but I was like hey this guy took time on a night that he's about to win a huge award and took time to talk to us and you knew we we're probably not supposed to be backstage that we snuck backstage but Trip didn't quite make the cut which I still feel bad about but it was it was definitely probably the coolest person I met dude that's cool man what about you man who's, who's the most famous person you met?
0: Man, I was very fortunate when I got in the Marine Corps. I was kind of in a slump. Um, ended up working for an uh, executive protection firm, and so I've met some crazy people. But some of them I can't talk about. You know, I signed into you know non-disclosure agreement. So some of those people I can't talk about. But I've met some phenomenal. One, one of the one things that's really cool, Rob, is I don't get nervous when I meet somebody of. I guess stature, you would call it. I just treat everybody, we all put our pants on the same. So I that attitude allows me to speak to certain people. So, um, But let me tell you, I think the coolest people I've ever hung out with is the people that I served with, man. Those are the people that I respect. Just watching them do their heroes. Like I watched some of the most heroic things in Iraq. Just watch people do things. And you think about it at the time, Rob, they're kids. They're 19, 20-year-old kids, and they're just getting after it. So probably the coolest people that I've ever met, uh, especially the people from First Mar Div, Military Police Company, Old School Unit. Those are the cool people, man. I still keep in contact with all of them. A uh, lot of them were mentors to me and just changed who I am today. So for sure. Man, uh. I know we're really,
1: really running over time, but, you know, just the, um, challenge, you know, we haven't talked about the challenge that much because, you know, no sugar. I think we're both doing pretty well on it.
0: You're doing pretty good. Yeah. I'm over energy drinks, man. I think that was the biggest struggle for me. Uh, if I can give advice to any of our listeners is to get off the energy drinks. Uh, I would not listen to anybody until they took the challenge and it was hard to get off of them, but dude, I sleep better now. Uh, I still got a little bit of a gut, you know, because I eat like crap, but it's starting to go away. It's it's flattening up and I'm over that hump now since we're, I don't know, we're about mid-May, right? We're about mid-May, so I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, I mean, that's. I'm just
1: going to finish the month out with that challenge. In June, we're going to find something probably not quite that hard. I'm just yeah. trying to still think about that. But man, uh, just take us out for the day here, and uh, you know, last one little really quick question: What song would you walk out to if you're a UFC fighter?
0: Oh man, dude, uh, old school, Big Bill Dean, the Chainsaw, my old fight coach from Oceanside, California. I remember we would go in there and bang it out, and he would have Hate Breed playing, and it and the song was called "Destroy Everything." I if you turn that song up and listen to that song. It is aggro to the max. I mean, you just want to punch people in the face when you listen to that. That would be mine. What about yours? Man, I'd have to say Johnny Cash. God's going to cut you down. Man, that's a good one. Arkansas boy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening and get to know Rob and I. We appreciate you. Every time you listen, we hope to level you up and challenge you. So please tune in to the next podcast. This is 18-005 out.